If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It didn't change anything that I do. Um, still going to work the same way. Still going to lead the same way. Um, you know, I had conversations with Dave Caldwell. I told him, you do you know, do what you think is best for this team. Uh, I believe that I'm going to give us the best chance to win no matter what. And I just got to prove that every day. And uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to be able to prove that. All right. So that was Gardner Minshew around free agency, draft time, talking to Dave Caldwell and saying, Hey, do what you got to do, but I'm ready to kind of go here, and uh, I think I can I can win a lot of games. Don't you get the sense? It was interesting what he said. That I was like, don't you get the sense that Gardner Minshew, maybe even to his GM, didn't quite say it like that. <laughs> the guy's got like a, such an edge to him, and and I just don't feel like I I, I feel like uh, that's something. By the way, you're almost supposed to say as a player, but I. I I'd have to ask someday, how did that conversation really go? Yeah. And it was more like, I wouldn't do it if I were you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You, you want to go make a mistake like that? Go make a mistake like that. Yeah. But, you know, this is a guy, again, I, I feel like I learned so much about Gardner Minshew going back to Brandon, Mississippi. And mm-hmm. he wasn't even there when it You just go back and you talk to people there about him. And some of the things they said – when I went, uh, I want to say it was in uh, mid-October mm-hmm. when I went. And so he was in the middle and in of of the whole flurry. And, you know, Foles wasn't coming back off the bench for another month or so. And I remember asking the folks there, uh, and, and not his, like, parents and stuff, but coaches and people that knew him. Like, well, what about when Foles comes back? And, you know, what – he's like, if we know Gardner, he's – he he likes Nick Foles and respects the heck out of Nick Foles and he hopes he gets healthy, but he doesn't plan on giving that job back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's just the way it is. And I think now that Nick, now that uh, Gardner Minshew has that job, and you could even make the case that he shouldn't have given it up when he gave it up, and you could also put some blame on Gardner, by the way, for that Houston performance in London that kind of helped yeah. make Marone's decision easier. But now that he got it back. I could just picture him saying, hey, GM, draft whoever you want, mm-hmm. but I ain't getting my job. Yeah, I see Garner Minshew rocking the bandana, toothpick in his mouth, takes the toothpick out to Dave Call and goes, you, you can bet against me if you want. But then and then he points to that quote right there, Brent, and what does he say? He <laughs> says, but good luck with that. Good luck with that. That's, that's how I picture my Garner Minshew to be. But I, I think that's a real Gardner Minshew. No, for sure. You yeah, know? Yeah. And listen, I get it. Uh, it's the competitor in people. I, I just feel like he's got a little different swag when it comes to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and, and that's, I think, what makes him unique. You know, people sense that. Sometimes, like, you have to say some things, I think, as an athlete, as a QB, as, but uh, anyone in that position, from a competitive standpoint, that, that's almost become cliche. But sometimes it's the way you say it. It's sure. the look in your eye at how you say it. And I think Minshew's got that in him. Like, yep. you're not getting this job back from me. And that's what maybe excites me about Minshew more than anything. 
I think he kind of said that to himself. I think he probably in private said it to people last year. And look where we are. He's yeah. the guy in 2020. He wasn't wrong. Like, he made that happen. To me, where we're at right now, from when he got drafted to being the starting quarterback of the 2020 Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, it's a lot of things, obviously. A lot of things had to play into going to that. But to me, it's two major things. Number one, it's the self-confidence that we talk about all the time. The, the, the guy believes in himself. Now, yeah, every player obviously believes in himself. But I, I, I true wholeheartedly believe that Gardner Minshew believes that he is the guy going forward. I don't think he's ever had any doubt in his mind. Even when he got his head rattled against the Baltimore Ravens that preseason game, helmet goes flying. We're all asking for, hey, should he really be the backup quarterback? I don't think he even... You know, thought twice about, is this for me? You know, and when we talked to his dad, Flint Minshew, and I asked him, I'm like, what was the response after that Baltimore Ravens game? Because that was a game that was very telling. I mean, let's be honest, it was his welcome to the NFL moment, and it didn't go well. Okay, he took a lot of hits, and I think 9 out of 10 quarterbacks would have been gun-shy after that. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, just kind of paraphrase to summarize here, Flint Minshew just said, you know, he's not wired like that. Like, he's going to come back from it and be stronger. And spoiler alert, he did. So, obviously, it's the self-confidence, number one. The other thing, too, is he's comfortable in being in his own skin. It's something that I always preach and it's something I always talk about. But I cannot stress enough the importance of Gardner Minshew being comfortable in his own skin. Because the first year in the NFL... It's supposed to be about figuring out the type of person that you have to be in that locker room. It's supposed to do things the Jaguars way. It's supposed to, you know, all right, I have to go yes, sir, no, sir. I have to do the things, you know, how they tell me to do. It wasn't like that with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew came in as a six-round pick. Well, let's be honest. As a six-round pick quarterback, you really had no pomp and circumstance. You really had no stripes to say, you know, I'm going to do things my way. But guess what? He did things his way because you know why? He knows who he is. So instead of that first year trying to get acclimated to the NFL, being like, all right, I got to do this, I got to do this, he was already there because he's like, screw it. I'm just going to do things my way. If it works out, it works out. If not, it doesn't. And it has worked out for him. So going into year two now, he's already ahead of the curve just because he knows who he is, he's comfortable in his own skin, and he's got supreme confidence. And if if you're a quarterback, that's what you want. Yeah, and I think that's what you want in your quarterback, uh, and you feed off that. There's a swagger to that. There's an ability to bounce back. You know what was kind of cool about his games last year? In hindsight, I know it's not cool when it's happening. You don't want to see your quarterback play poorly, Mm -hmm. but he was able to bounce back. Mm -hmm. If you think about some of the things that he did, he had some not-so-great performances. Houston comes to mind where he wasn't very good, and then all of a sudden he turned it on when the lights really shined the brightest, and he – for all intents and purposes, rallied them enough to give them a chance to win. Uh, they called a terrible two-point conversion play and didn't execute, mm-hmm. or they would have won the game. Um, but that, the fumbling issues before he hit the bench to after he came back, certainly got cleaned up. Uh, the miserable performance in Houston with a lot on the line uh, to after, and, and really his last uh, impression which was beating the Colts and looking really good and doing it. Mm. So I like that's what I like about him. You wonder times, and, and how many times have we said this about a QB in Jacksonville? Think about Gabbard, right? Gabbard, I think, got thrown to the wolves way too early. Mm. He got shell-shocked, man. He got sacked like 58 times that year, and I'm talking he got hit. Like he, it, it was shell-shocking. I, I don't know if he still ever recovered from it. <laughs> like he just couldn't bounce back. You know, Bortles in the early going showed some signs of bouncing back. He got hit like 50-something times and sacked that many times his rookie season and bounced back and showed that toughness. But he also went in the tank at times. Like, it would be stretches where he would go in the tank. He'd have the turnover tank. It wasn't more like sacks and, and kind of mental that standpoint, but it was the mistakes. He would... It would be like a, a hitter going through a cold streak, mm-hmm. and he would they would just stack up. 
what I kind of like about Minshew from the small sample we've seen is I don't think there's really a lot of that. You know, everybody gets on a hot streak or everybody has like a, a bad game or a couple of quarters or whatever it might be. But he's shown the ability to kind of reverse it and bounce back and, and even within a game. I like that about him. And I think that where you don't have to ride that roller coaster that might last for a couple of weeks uh, and other quarterbacks have shown that in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I think this guy's a little bit different in that sense. Let me ask you this. And this should be kind of intriguing if you're a Jaguars fan right now. Let's see if you come along with me on this one, Brent. Last year, Garner Minshew. Win six games, loses six games. What was probably the biggest thing in your opinion that Garner Minshew had to work on from his rookie year up until this season now? What's the biggest thing he probably has to address that he can improve on? I think I've been... And there's a couple things, but... Yeah, I mean, I've been consistent. I I would say... Biggest thing he has to work on... Um, I mean, I say the middle of the field. Is that is that too technical? Uh, so does that mean the pocket? The, the, the pocket. Okay. You say. okay. So I'll, I'll put that in the pocket. Yeah. And then by saying that, it's mean you mean like throwing the balls in the middle of the field, right? We're not talking. Utilizing the whole way, that, yeah. all the real estate. Exactly. I, I just didn't see that last year. Now, now I'm a very like not expert guy at X's and O's, mm-hmm. but I think that jumped off at me yeah. that he was more hash marks and out. Yeah. than anything on the inside. So you know what's cool about your answer? And you kind of said what I thought you were going to say. Is that a mental thing or a physical thing? I would think that's a mental thing. He's got okay. the ability to make those throws. Now, the only thing you could question from a vision standpoint, a height standpoint, is that an issue? And more mm. of it than we're letting So here out. we go, though. So this is my point, though, Brent. You remember when Blake Bortles came into camp and there was his arm motion? Like his some for some reason his arm motion was like down. People were saying, "What's up with his arm motion? It looks crazy." And like we all talked about it and everything, and then it turned out well. Control spiral. There's something yeah. was to it, right? Because he ended up having a pretty bad season. When you break down Gardner Minshew's film right now, when you watch Gardner Minshew as the quarterback from last year, you don't really say, well, he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the intangibles. What you say is, well, right, it's the middle of the field he has to focus on a little more, obviously being smart with the football, making the right decisions. That's what we talk about when we talk about Gardner Minshew. The cool thing about that is, is that, listen, when you're a rookie quarterback, and I've talked to quarterbacks all the time about this, when you're a rookie quarterback – Everything happens just a little faster. Like, sure, you can come from a prestigious college program. Sure, you can come from Washington State, where it's all about the offense. You can come from any university. You can come from the SEC if you want to. But when you go against NFL defenses, things break down faster. Corners get up a little closer. Defensive linemen rush a little harder. And offenses break down a little faster. Okay? And when that happens, you have to make the decisions. So my point is, we're talking about right now where Garner Rinchy's got to be able to recognize the field. He has to be able to see the field overall. That's our biggest gripe about him. Not his arm strength. Not his really decision. I mean, maybe decision-making a little bit with the middle of the field. But it's nothing, like, technical in his skill set. It's just, it's the mental part of it. And guess what? That's where year two comes in, because guess what now? He's going to come into training camp, and things are going to be slowed down. All of a sudden, he's going to start seeing the field more. So, to me, you know, if you're on the fence right now about Gardner Minshew, will he be the guy, will he not be the guy, I'm intrigued from the standpoint of, we're talking about, well, can you recognize the whole field? Can he throw the middle of the field? That's fine, but we're not talking about the physical tools, which is obviously a lot of quarterbacks get that sometimes. So I just think right now you should be excited because the game, and this happens to every single quarterback, the game's going to slow down. And all of a sudden you have a new guy, Jay Gruden, who obviously gets the quarterback position as well. There's a lot to like about this season for, for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really good point, too. I, I think you're right. From a technical standpoint, uh, I don't think people are picking him apart. Now, people question arm strength and height because 
That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Although I think, again, if you look at the numbers, talking about a guy who delivered really nicely down the field. I mean, are we questioning arm strength there? Yeah. Uh, and there are other ways to measure arm strength. I understand it. He even mentioned it in terms of building his body and, and keeping the arm strength or even increasing it. So I, I understand that. But I think it's a really good point. And, and from a slow down mental standpoint, I mean, don't you buy in on Minshew from that standpoint? He's like a 42 Wonderlick guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know he's bright. He joked today he played like he had five different offenses in four years. He, and he even joked. He was like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, doesn't. But it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's able to compute. And so those kind of things that might slow the game down, mm-hmm. you think, well, that's really in his wheelhouse. Like, I ah, don't worry about that. He's got that. He just needs a little more time, a little experience. That's yeah. fine. He'll continue to grow in that arena. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Brent. We're not talking about a guy who's like, Wow, have you seen this spiral lately? Like, what's up with that? Like, if you if you saw that last year from Gardner Minshew, if you saw the Blake Bortles effect last year from Gardner Minshew, then I'll, I'll be scared. I'll be like, yeah. well, he's got to change his whole technique. He has to change his setup. His shoulders got to be square. His feet got to be put. No, it's none of that, man. All it is is recognizing, you know what? Middle of the field's open. Are they in a cover two? Are they in a cover three? They're going, man, what is it? And you respond to that. That takes time. That takes reps. That takes being in the trenches to recognize that stuff. And guess what? He got a pretty good taste of it last year. So one would expect, at least from the mental side of things, for Gardner Minshew to shine this year. Uh, yeah, well said. Kuz, uh, let's jump into more Minshew reaction from today, including the progression as a quarterback. That's exactly what Austin's talking about right now. Let's hear what Gardner Minshew has to say about growth in year two. Yeah, I think, you know, by the end of the year, I think the biggest thing was just ball security and the fumbles that come with that. Uh, and I think the last, when I came back in, I did a, did a little bit better job and just having that, uh, awareness, you know, of when to call a play dead, when to, you know, keep pushing, try to make the big play. Um, and, you know, as a credit to, you know, the coaches, you know, around me, teach me up. And, um, you know, I think that's something I'll just continue to strive for and, uh, you know, find that balance. That's Gardner Minshew today, and it's interesting. We talked about that a bit last week. You know, you bring up guys like that that like to do that. Russell Wilson, get outside the pocket, and you and you rave about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mahomes, these even early on, you rave about his ability to make plays. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that people try to keep in the pocket because once he's out there, he makes some tremendous plays, and that's what you think about. Do you think about Aaron Rodgers as a pocket passer? No, uh, but he is very good in the pocket, too. You just think about him outside the pocket. But then I think there's the danger zone. I think this is where Gardner has to be a little careful, and it's like the Ben Roethlisberger effect. No doubt people want Ben holding on to the football a little bit more. He doesn't have the escapability with his legs, but he's got a big body that he extends plays because he's so damn strong. Well, while he's doing that, the ball is still in his hand, and people are slapping at it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times he's had fumbles because of it. So Minshew, I think, has to avoid being – the Big Ben in that situation be more the Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even going to put him on the Aaron Rodgers because the arm talent is so sick with, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think of more like a guy like a Russell Wilson in that sense um, rather than be the Ben Roethlisberger. Because when I think of Ben Roethlisberger extending plays, I think, uh-oh, something bad might happen just as yeah. much as something good. When I think of Russell Wilson, I kind of like it. Like I mm-hmm. think that's the highlights I see. That's the mm-hmm. fun stuff from Russell Wilson. Still makes good decisions. I think that's what Minshew's talking about there, and that comes with experience. You gotta you gotta make decisions on the fly. And by the way, you're not going to make all the right decisions. You gotta get a little lucky. Maybe they don't get picked off. Uh, you know, maybe somebody made a play for you. Uh, bottom line is you gotta make more 
good decisions and bad decisions in those spots, when to eat it, when to when to try to go make a play. No, absolutely. And they, listen, if you had Brent Marino calling Aaron Rodgers' arm talent sick, uh, go ahead and cast your checks right now to Vegas because that was awesome that you just said that. <laughs> Oh, they, nah, I never well, saw that I, You hate on Rodgers so much that I got to help out the <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> folks. I, I, you, you call his arm talent sick, and hey, <laughs> you know what? Brent might get him. ESPN, Green Bay, hire your man, Brent Marno. <laughs> but, um, Brent, you, you're right here. You know, you're right when you talk about the ability to extend the play versus the ability to maybe make a bad decision and, and fumble the ball. And let's be honest now. The way the NFL is set up is we have defensive linemen who are running four fives. We have defensive tackles like Aaron Donald who shouldn't even exist. Like, I, I still understand how Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Like, you have all these defensive genetic freaks that come after the quarterback that break down the pocket. And, yeah, offensive linemen are great as well. And, yeah, they've evolved. But let's be honest. I mean, they're still absorbing the hits. Like, you still have to absorb to play an offensive tackle. So, with that being said, with linebackers being faster than ever, with defenses being more exotic, you have to have that quarterback that can extend the play because the name of the game on defense is obviously taking the ball away. It's creating the turnovers. Um, you know, it's hitting the quarterback from the blind side. And if you have a guy who can recognize that, you know, and extend the drive just maybe a little bit, well, then that leaves the secondary vulnerable. When the secondary is vulnerable, that's when the big plays can happen, a la Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. a la Aaron Rodgers. We've seen them all. But even if Gardner Mitch can just be, you know, just a fraction of what Aaron Rodgers can be, just a fraction of what Patrick Mahomes can be, that's all you need. Yeah, uh, ability to make some unscheduled plays is, is above the X's and O's in this sport. Again, I, I have said, and I've been on record the last month of saying, I think if you look at some of the plays he made, Denver, off schedule, uh, I think, what, what game do we say it was? The Jets game, yeah. off schedule. I think if you look at some of those plays, they are those two in particular, you could put up there from a quarterback-only play here in Jacksonville. you got to go back to probably some plays that Garrard made mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, Right. I don't remember a play like that uh, from Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. I don't remember. Now, Bortles made some plays, but I but don't were, remember. To me, I remember the 50-50 balls to Allen Robinson. I do, too. And, and it required more of the uh, the talent of Allen Robinson than the, the talent of Blake Bortles. And I don't really remember him running around and then, bam, hitting somebody 30 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I remember him making some smart plays and good plays with his legs, showing some toughness. I remember him making some good throws, and again, in that stretch that I talk about a bunch in 17. But I don't remember the combination of it. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing something, but sticking out in my mind, and I've seen, well, every play the Jacksonville Jaguars have, have played since 2008, even Garrard. I know you go back and you think 2007 playoffs, fourth and two, you go and that Hail Mary. Uh, now, Garrard had some really good games in 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Dallas game was incredible. So yep. I don't know if there was a play there. It doesn't jump out to me. But my point being, just look at in 12 games, in my opinion, and there might even be more, Minshew made two plays that I've been here since 2008, and they might be the top two plays I've seen a quarterback make in a Jags uniform. Mm-hmm. To me, that kind of uh, says something uh, about what we might have here in Gardner Minshew. Quick thought before we uh, head to break. Minshew Mania Marathon here on a Thursday, since he talked to the media for the We're first time in. In, in four months. Yep. Uh, we will give the Minshew talk a rest in just a moment. I want to get into Mr. Football in Jacksonville, and then we'll bring back uh, Minshew on a couple more thoughts before the end of the show. But does he have a transition to make as being the guy? Think about it. I think he was the guy in high school. Mm-hmm. Nobody really wanted him coming out of high school. Goes to he was the guy when he won the national championship uh, with the uh, junior college, 
East Carolina was there for a couple of years, but that, I don't think they really wanted to commit to him. Wasn't the guy. He kind of had to earn everything he got. Almost and, broke his hand in Eastern Carolina, by the way, yeah. the bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, so. had that. I just kind of became the man, legendary-wise, <laughs> because of that. <laughs> just punch it through a wall next time, man. And my point being, he was kind of thrown into the Washington State Mike Leach situation, missed the whole spring stuff, like yeah. wasn't like kind of it wasn't like it was more reactionary. It's like, hey, okay, I got this. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than for the last four months, five months, we've known Gardner Minshew's going to be the guy. He's known he's going to be the guy. You can make the case it's the first time probably since junior college, but let's even say high school that that's been the case. Is that a transition for him going from, all right, I'm going to go win your job mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you guys that I can do this to be in. I've got the job. Come follow me. Let's go, boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, and and I've sure. had months to tell you that, and I've got to do it over Zoom and everything else, mm-hmm. rather than, all right, you got no other choice because quarterback just went down and you got to follow me. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, the, the, the hardest thing to do is capture a dream. The harderest thing to do is maintain that dream, okay? Um, I forgot who told like me that, that one word. time. Yeah. Can yeah, we put yeah, that on a shirt? The hardest? <laughs> I, I forgot who told me that. I think it was, it was my mom. I don't know. Someone told me that one time. But anyways... Um, you're right. You know, like he, the, he has the keys now. You know, and obviously it's about keeping the car on the road, not crashing, and make sure the car has plenty of gas in it. Um, it's a new position for Gardner Minshew to be in, but listen, it can go one of two ways, really, right? Because we don't know. It can go either. Well, this is this is new. This is foreign to me. Like I'm in the position now. I don't have to really prove anything. I'm complacent, which I don't think is going to be the real Gardner Minshew. Or it can be like, you know what? I finally set out to what I was trying to do. Now comes the next chapter, right? Now comes the next level, and I have to work harder to try to maintain my spot. I think I expect the latter from Gardner Minshew, just kind of knowing him and his personality and what he's kind of portrayed himself so far. But it is an interesting question to see how he's going to handle the fact that he is indeed now the man. Because uh, get ready, uh, him trying to work out guys before camp and trying to find some time on the grass uh, in just a moment. I want to hear from Gardner on that. But here's here's where I say he's in a good shape on this, okay? And follow me here. We've got a lot of scar tissue in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I thought about this a lot today, uh, and we'll get into it probably another time in the show, just how negative the, this football team has to overcome negativity. And you were a part of that, too. And really, everybody who's played in Jacksonville the last dozen years has been a part of this, just like this, this unstoppable wave of negativity uh whether it's it's obviously self-made to a degree but it's also carried on because it's lumped in over years and years by media and fans so uh, i'm not going to go there just yet but if you think of Minshew, and and my point being if you're a young guy coming into this room and the jags are awfully young so lavisca chenault you know Mm -hmm. chris thompson even who's not a young guy but he's coming in and you think of gardner Minshew, do you think positive or negative You've never met him, yeah. But you think positive or negative, Gardner Minshew? If I'm Chris Thompson right now, if I'm Chanel, I think. Well, listen, I think. I mean, if I'm being honest here, I think fun, and I think, uh, I guess, a leader. Thank so, you. You answered the question correctly. Okay. Yes, yeah. that so, is the answer. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, the persona of Minshew, the portrayal of Minshew. If you don't even dive into his numbers, sure. if you don't say he's the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback or whatever. And, and use the Jaguars on a whole. It's a positive vibe. It's it's Uncle Rico. Yeah. It's uh, the 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 trip in the RV. Mm-hmm. It's man, this guy's mustache, right? The, sure. the aviators, the jorts. It's that. Chris Thompson has heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lavisca Chenault has heard that. Yeah. So you have that notion. If you were coming in here and 
And, oh, by the way, one more addition to that. The Sharks of the world, the Linders of the world saw this guy in action. So they can yeah. believe in it. So they're already positive on yep. him because they see their testimonies. Yep. If you're a new guy coming in and you were saying, hey, I'm going to join the Jags uh, and Blake Bortles, you wouldn't have that. Sure. You have the negative connotation of Blake Bortles. There is no positive. I have to, like, help get you to a positive of Blake Bortles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you were Chris Thompson coming in, LaVisca Chenault coming in, uh, you'd be like, you'd do doing the right things. You'd be saying, hey, that's my teammate. Uh, it, listen, this guy's tough. He's, he's We believe in him, blah, 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 blah. But in the back of your mind, you're coming in and being like, oh, my gosh, what are these guys talking? Everything I've ever heard about Blake Bortles is he's not very good. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like a butt of all these jokes, and he's a one-liner, all this stuff, right? Sure. So I think that alone from this transition point, and it might be a bit of a stretch, is that people have positive feelings, whether it's in the building or coming in from somewhere else about Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's a good starting point. That's been the case around here, man. If you think, again, Gabbert, you think Bortles, people coming in and being a part of things, even a Jay Gruden or a Ben McAdoo, they come in and their first thought is, okay, how are we going to fix this guy? Well, mm-hmm. Minshew, they're about, how do we evolve this guy? You know? Point. It's a yeah, know. different standpoint. Yeah, it's a great point. It's something that we probably haven't seen in Jacksonville since probably David Garrard. You know, I think David Garrard had a little bit of that yeah. attribute where it was like, you know, my rookie year when I got to the stadium, I'm like, all right, Dave's kind of the man. You know, yeah. Dave seems like he's the leader. Um, you know, we'll follow him into battle and hopefully it all works out. So I think Dave definitely had some of those attributes. Um, obviously, you know, with Blaine Gabbers and Blake Bortles and you know, all that went down. So yeah, the, there is something to be said for that. You know, now, well, it's like I said when you when you asked the question. Well, I said, well, he's probably a fun guy, right? Because we see all these things, like the, all these obscure things, not revolved around football. But at the end of the day, what matters most to the players, whether you're a Chris Thompson or whether you're a rookie coming in for your first year, is can you win football game? Yeah. All right. Can you can you be the general that leads us to the promised land? And I think right now, with what people know about Gardner Minshew and once again his stats, the analytics, what people say about him, I think players are confident that you know what, the, the, that guy that's calling the plays in the huddle. We have faith in that guy. And, and that's the most important thing more than anything, okay? Um, with Blake Bortles, listen, I wasn't really watching Blake Bortles under the microscope. I'm not sure if the players could say that all about him where it's like when Blake Bortles is calling the play, did you have supreme confidence that he's going to get you in the end zone? There's no way all 10 people would say that. Exactly. Now. Exactly. And I'm not sure 10 people always say it about a guy if you're not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. But I would imagine right now going into oh, this season, eight or nine you. of them will say it about Minshew, even if yeah. one or two might have a little hesitation. Well, well, and that's what makes the great ones great. You know, that, that's what makes Drew Brees Drew Brees. You know, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers. It's like when he calls the, the play, you know, damn well, nine times out of ten, um, it's going to work. So I think with Gardner Minshew, he's definitely getting there. Now, can he, you know, kind of build up that from last year? Time will tell. But I think when you're trying to coax new players in, whether they're rookies or whether they're free agents, you're trying to make them buy in. That's your, that's your selling point right there. That's your pitch line is we have a guy as a field general who can get the job done and yeah. we go from there. And listen, I, I just think it's a big part of it. As you as I talk about the transition for him to be a guy, the leader, the man, mm-hmm. I think when you think about the Jacksonville Jaguars, almost any time you talk about the Jaguars, you talk about it in a negative connotation, mm-hmm. whether it's the quarterback, the team, the franchise, uh, the tarps, the whatever. Over the years, you talk about it in a negative connotation. When you talk about Gardner Minshew in the quarterback of this year's team, I think a lot of players, and this is what's most important, see it as a positive connotation. I think that's a good starting place. Where does it end up? We'll see. Uh, before we head to break, Kuz, let's uh, get a little more Gardner Minshew about how he hopes to get some of the guys together on offense outside of potential minicamp, which still is on the table in late June, but before training camp.
since I guess the day after the Super Bowl, I've been going like six days a week for the last however many months it's been. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, seeing, you know, growth and yourself and your game. Uh, I've been talking to the receivers, everybody we're working on, uh, should be back in Jacksonville soon. We'll be able to get some, you know, field work there. Uh, we've been doing some players only walkthroughs, uh, virtually that have been, I think, helping guys learn, um, and also just getting us together. And then I think moving forward, we're also going to try to get together a little bit more, you know, before camp to kind of get what reps we can, you know, while being, you know, safe and smart. That's Gardner Minshew on uh, what they can do or what they hope to do. And keep in mind, uh, I think Roger Goodell said again today, coaches could be back in the buildings as soon as next week. There is some hope across the NFL that you could have a mini camp by late June. I think there's uh, it's up in the air still, but there's some hope in that. A couple other news and notes to pass along. The 4th and 15 we talked about yesterday has been tabled. They want some yep, more information on it, but it's been tabled. Um, I guess no surprise, but at least it's been introduced. Yeah, I mean... The fact that it's out there, it's intriguing. We'll see. I mean, listen, I don't know what you need to table it for. You, there's two options. You do onside kick or it's a four to 15. What do yeah. you have to go over here? So yeah, that, that's another. That's one way of saying um, probably not going to happen. <laughs> undecided. Yeah, course, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't know. They want to go back to their their coaches and talk about it a little bit more yeah. and bring back some more information uh, to the table. Hey, more Minshew Mania Marathon as he talks to the media today. Coming up, what he has to say about Lavisca Chenault. Also, what is a virtual walkthrough? He describes that. It's kind of a cool description. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. I'm going to break from the Minshew talk for a moment here. Last week we did Mr. Baseball. Who would be some of the candidates for Mr. Football in Jacksonville? Who comes to mind right away? Mr. Football in Jacksonville. It's not Minshew yet. Maybe someday. Uh, we'll be back on ESPN 690. One of the biggest things in this league, everything's so close. I think you just got to get it to the fourth quarter. And if you get it to the fourth quarter where you're in striking distance, man, I think you can uh, you have a chance to win every game. Um, I think, you know, more than anything, we got to give ourselves more chances uh, than we did last year. Um, and that is going to include jumping out earlier. That was Gardner Minshew today talking to the Jacksonville media and beyond, but uh, most of it was local media on a Zoom call. First time he's really talking almost four months, so we're talking a lot about him. It's not the first time we've talked about him in four months. Uh, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Thursday of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're calling it kind of Gardner Minshew Day. Minshew Mania Marathon. It's like Rocky. What other uh, marathons would you have? Um, By the way, what were you just eating? Like, you had the chopsticks out and everything? Like, what was <laughs> no. no, no, no. Those are coffee-stirring sticks. Those are coffee-stirring sticks. I forgot my fork. And, 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 You're and, eating with coffee-stirring sticks? Well, hey, man, the lunchroom <laughs> is empty right now. There's no forks in the lunchroom. There's no plastic utensils from, like, any kind of food provider. So all I had was coffee-stirring sticks <laughs> that I turned into into chopsticks. Yeah, and it's called MacGyver, baby. <laughs> Made it work. That is awesome. Made it work, right? Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I've done it the past two I days now. Chopsticks. Forget about oh, coffee <laughs> stirring sticks for chopsticks. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little more difficult, but, but I mean, get closer, man. This is like a hand finger workout here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, exactly. Like that. <laughs> Strong hands. Uh, I can't believe you haven't noticed that though. The past two days I've done that because I keep forgetting my fork. So c- coffee stirring stick chopsticks. I've got uh, an down. idea for you. Set an alarm okay. for about two thirty for yeah. a fork. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 
That's all right, though, man. I'm just keep on continuing to be cultured and use my chopsticks. Uh, very good. So uh, where were we talking about prior right, to that? Did you ask I me a question? You. No, I'm sorry. I thought you asked me a question. I, I was remember like talking, it. I was asking him something. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the best marathons? Like what? Oh, yeah. Like I yeah, said, yeah. Rocky. Like Rocky's a easy marathon, right? For sure. Well, and that's the thing Harry about Potter. it, right? Easy now, Coos. They do. I it? mean, they do it oh, all no, the time. They do all the time. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. I just I've never seen the Harry Potters. So I uh, love that about you. What's that? I don't watch Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, well, I just, I mean, because we're one of two people. <laughs> it's the only thing we do have in common. It's that we haven't watched. <laughs> but it's one of the biggest things in, like, I guess, like, our recent, like. Oh, I get it. I mean, pop history. culture, Harry Potter's yeah. huge, man. Thing. Like, like he, Harry Potter world and everything. He's, instead, he's watching some Japanese anime yeah, or something like go. that. Yeah, and so that. thank you for pronouncing it right. I appreciate <laughs> it. Anime it is. It's not <laughs> Japanese cartoons. It's anime. I like your style, Brent. Um, other marathons. Man, like, see, to me, like, a good marathon, it's hard because you know it's Star Wars, right? But there's some bad Star Wars movies out there. Just like, there's, I mean, to be fair, Rocky, overall, Rocky 1 through, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, we're all good. I mean, 4, fighting the Russian, that's some people's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. To me, probably Rocky 3 is my favorite with uh, Clubber Lang, obviously. But, like, only Rocky 5, to me, was kind of the bad one. So, like, that's what makes a good marathon is they're all quality movies. When you talk about, like, oh, you could say Terminator, but, like, the last couple of Terminators are kind of trash. So, to me, it's hard to have a good marathon because all the movies have to be kind of, you know, substantial. And it's hard to find that. Like, I kind of feel like you get more of the sitcom marathons, like, whether it's, like, exactly. Friends well, or Seinfeld. Thank you, Brent. Or... Don't say Friends. <laughs> don't say Friends. The Office. The Office. Yeah. On Comedy Central, like, every weekend, That's I find on... myself watching, like, 19 episodes really? of the Like, Office. why would you watch it, though? Can't you just, like, binge watch it on Netflix and stuff? Like You, you... can't. Well, I think they moved it, but... Uh, or somewhere, it? wherever it is. Yeah, I mean, but you can, can find it somewhere, yeah. right? So it's at the office? Yeah, I think they Yeah, moved. I think it's on Netflix. Hulu, I think, had it too. Yeah. A little bit, Did you so. watch The Office? I like the first four seasons. Yeah, I haven't well, seen it. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, and Kuz, go ahead and hand on me if you want. I'm sure Because The Office is like a clinical hit. Like, people oh, yeah. love The Office. You want to talk about it, cults? Like, cult oh, following? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hardcore. Well, it's like but, Seinfeld in, in that yeah. sense. But don't call it The Office if I'm going to go home with the characters and see how they live at home. It's called The Office, not let's drive home, see how your family's living. Okay? Call it The Office. Do the things from the office. Don't do it from the home. That's it's like ninety percent office. The home. Hey, you didn't call it Cheers because they went home and you know it was always in a bar. That's what made Cheers so great. It's fair. What made Office so great was because it was in the office for the first couple seasons. Brent, don't question me here in my office uh, <laughs> critique. Okay, that's, that's fair. Because I'm, I'm just gonna pull the Cheers point at you every single time. Yeah, and it's called uh, Cheers for cheers a reason. Cheers can be a sort of subject around me at times. Well, um, what's up? Oh, no, again, yeah. I'm not sharing the story, but oh, it's no. kind of an insider uh, thing here in this town. <laughs> who but, says that? <laughs> Yeah. He says, hey, who demons. in the history of sports radio has said Cheers is a sore subject for me and then not share the story? I mean, don't share it because I'm sure it's something super personal and I want to... I, I, I'm not bringing it up. Okay. I just don't want to do it. Okay. So uh, I, I, every time I hear later. it, I, okay. Cheers change. Book, I used to love Cheers and now I hate Cheers for this certain reason. Okay, but, bookmark uh, that for later. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. And maybe someday. <laughs> um, I last night was... Like, you know what? I'm going to flip the TV on. Sure. At about 11.45. And so what I do is I go, like, obviously it's not a lot of sports to work. So maybe it's like Chicago Van Pell. PD probably. You're no, watch I don't. It. I told okay. you the kids might flip that. Although we haven't okay. watched an episode in like three weeks. But uh, so, Van Pelt, yeah. I'll like put him on and see what he's got going on. But, I mean, come on. We, we know what's going on. This at, at 12 o'clock, there's not really many scores to update me on and highlights to see. Sure. Although, from a business standpoint, I like to see how creative they get and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, the last couple of weeks, it was like, more Michael Jordan, more Michael Jordan, more Michael yeah. Jordan. I was a little tired of that. So, 
I go to like the 502 of DirecTV, 502 to like 511, little HBOs, and I think Showtime's in there. Maybe sure. it's just HBOs. And say, okay, what's on? Yep. And usually it's garbage, man. By the way, it has Showtime and HBO coups, by the way. Just, has, I think it's just both HBO. those channels. But it's, uh, so flexing. That's there's like nine or ten channels. Yeah. And like eight of them are terrible. It's like, oh, what is this? Like, I wouldn't even watch it. And then yeah. once in a while you'll pop on something like, okay, or it's like an older movie or, well, last night it was Die Hard 2. And so I start watching. Is that where it's at the airport? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Christmas one. Yeah, yeah. yeah Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People call it a Christmas well, the, movie, the, the right? original Christmas. Yeah, I got and you. And so, uh, <laughs> so I'm watching Die Hard 2, and I'm like, so now it's like 12.15. Brent's like 12.45. Brent's hooked. Hooked on like, sinking. Go what am I doing here? I'm going to, I got to go to bed. Yeah. And so then I'm like, I'm starving. Get up. Have a little something. I'm like, what's that? It's been a thing to throw out the window oh, now. Yeah, throw it out the window. Uh, and... Before you know, it's two fifteen. It's over. Hey man, I watch a whole damn thing. <laughs> what was I, your snack? What were you eating when you watched it? I was just eating like pretzels. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, Try and gummy, be okay. Gummy bears or no. fruit snacks? Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, but uh, th- that's what happens to me. Like, yeah. I should have got about eight hours of sleep last night. I got six. <laughs> but you, you watched John McCain do his thing, man, <laughs> in the airport. That's so, what you already seen before. I, I, I hear you. Too. I hear it. Seems like with marathons, though, it's a lot more like. There's not so many, like, yeah, there's a Star Wars one, but usually it's, like, kind of geared towards the season. Like, for instance, like, during Halloween, well, then it's, like, the Michael Myers, like, yeah, Jason, true. like, Absolutely. marathons during yeah, Christmas. Well, it's, like, Alone's. the 12 Home Alone's marathon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So, well, stuff Home like Alone. that. Yeah. Rambo, too. All right. Oh, good call. Rambo. Rambo. Very good call. First you said, blood. By the way, you guys told me uh, John Wick. Is that what it is? Oh, That's, like, the oh, new Rambo, Brent. right? I mean, you know what? Don't listen to me, okay? Because you haven't listened to me watch, watch The Big Short. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't need to take my movie recommendation. I'm telling you, The Big Short's a great movie. Steph you wants to watch a Big Short. She heard you say that the one time. It's a fan. Coos, you seen it? I keep bringing up Harry Potter. That's fine. But trust me, it's a it's a good movie. You you're gonna love it. I mean, right. it's and listen, I'm not into the whole banking thing, but super fascinating. But uh, John Wick, Brent. I mean, you want to talk about the action movie of all action movies? And Coos, you can back me up here, man. Like. It's really well done. All right. John Wickett. So That's what you guys both said. It's so all I'm going to have to try. went through, like, combat training to know how to do some of the, like, fights they had to simulate. Really? How about that? Yeah. All right. Uh, forget off the movies to Mr. Football in Jacksonville. Oh, Stephen. We got Stephen coming up. Let's let's jump in with Stephen. He's been hanging out while we talk movies. Hey, Stephen, uh, what's happening, man? Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I almost forgot about you. Uh, it's okay, guys. You're talking about movies. I mean, I'm I'm in Austin shoes. I got to catch up on a lot of my anime. What's your favorite go-to anime in, in your face, Brent? Uh, <laughs> lately, uh, my brother got me into The Rise of the Shield Hero. And one, I'm going to suggest to you, uh, go on Hulu or Funimation, look up Fire Force. It's a damn good show. Fire Force, checking it out when I get home tonight. Thank you very much. Go on with the sports question uh, now, since Brent's going to fire me. <laughs> uh, well... In regards to your uh, Mr. Football, are you talking about present time Jags or Jags of all time? I'm not talking about Jags, uh, really. I, I don't know if Jags would fit the bill. Could you put Tony Baselli? Do you want to pick a Jimmy Smith or a Fred Taylor? Uh, you could, but that's not the question. Mr. Jacksonville, I don't I don't think Jags. Like uh, Again, if, if I were to think Jags, I'd probably lean uh, Baselli would be on the list, but also I think Wayne Weaver would top the list. 
uh, you know, that's what I would say if I was thinking Mr. Jackson, Mr. Football in Jacksonville. But I really don't think I'm thinking more the likes of Tebow, Corky Rogers, Bob Hayes, Harold Carmichael, Brian Dawkins, those kind of guys. They grew up in Jacksonville. They are Jacksonville. Their roots. Um, it's a little different in the context of, hey, name me the best Jaguar player. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. You opened my eyes on that one because I could think of so many names of Mr. Football in general. Oh, I couldn't even select just one. Uh, if it was just the Jags, names like Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor, Maurice Jones-Drew, Tony Baselli, Weaver. It, that, awesome, awesome I thought man. that's what you meant. That all around, holy crush. Awesome lane. Awesome lane so, anime. So many awesome names. Awesome <laughs> Yeah, well, Austin, there's a lot of them. There's Austin a lot of them Lane could be on that list. There's a lot. He so well for the Jags. <laughs> I'm just messing, man. Austin Lane, the next anime that you guys can Ooh, uh, talk about, about, by the way. Yeah. Uh, all right, you got anything else, Steven? Uh, well, I might as well throw this one. Austin, what did you think about AEW Dynamite? <laughs> Man, AEW Dynamite, um, a lot of great things. Obviously, we had a couple surprise debuts, if you will. Uh, you know, we saw Dash and Wilder. They're kind of changed their names now and everything. But um, FTR, I think they're calling them. Like to see them. Uh, obviously, Mike, Mike Tyson went after Chris Jericho, by the way. I Brett. saw that. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a good way to close it out. We'll see, man. I don't know if there's going to be a Mike Tyson, Chris Jericho storyline, but I'll say this. It puts AEW on the map because Mike Tyson's a big name right now. Chris Jericho continues to reinvent himself. Probably the most underrated wrestler, I'm going to say, of all time because if you look at it, the guy's been going strong for three decades, completely reinventing his character every single time, and now we got this whole Mike Tyson showdown. I love it. So I was very impressed last night with all the wrestling. I went uh, Mr. Football and somehow got on Japanese anime, yep. AEW. Yep. And yep. best Jags of all time. <laughs> Thanks for the call, you, Steven. I told you how to watch yourself when you heard those questions. <laughs> uh, Mr. Jacksonville, Mr. Football, excuse me, in Jacksonville. Um, Grayson I think Allen. Grayson yeah. <laughs> Allen, yeah. very good. Yeah. Uh, I think, by the way, my answer here would be, I, I, I believe it would be Bob Hayes. Sure. I think Bob Hayes covers so much i mean covers like really like a half a century it feels like from the hall of fame to changing the game of the nfl in a sense is because of his speed uh the story is zone defenses were essentially created in the nfl because of bob hayes won a super bowl won a gold medal and again that's a little different story because it's i'm not saying best athlete of all time we're talking football but i still think you have to acknowledge the fact that he won a gold medal uh and and just you know really put Jacksonville on the map when you think of Bob Hayes. Bullet Bob Hayes got a great nickname to boot. And all those things. There's a Bob Hayes track meet named after him, and it's one of the biggest track meets in the Southeast uh, for high school athletes. I think the list goes on and on. I, I really believe you have to start with Bob Hayes. We've had a lot of answers like Brian Dawkins, yeah. Harold Carmichael, who recently was uh, put into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Reigns alone has had so many different players. We talked to Greg Coleman last week. Greg and Vince Coleman both played football. Yeah. Uh, so I really think it's Bob Hayes. I think for the newer generation, I think Tebow would probably take the cake. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about his popularity, one of the best college football players of all time, what he did in in at the state level in high school football, and now what he's doing even to play baseball as well, and, and his celebrity and his notoriety and, and how many good things he's done for people all over the world. I think he is in the conversation. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because – I'm sure every state has. I think Florida might have it too. But you know, like when you talk about Mr. Football, you talk about Mr. Basketball in your state. 
anytime a player gets that award, it's well, it's because of their stats, right? It's because of, of their attributes of what they're able to accomplish on the field. I think that if you go from, you know, who's had the biggest influence on football from Jacksonville, well, it's hard to argue Tim Tebow, right? I mean, the, the guy who was college football for how many years? I mean, the, the, the guy um, is a household name pretty much wherever you go. So with that being said, you probably lean more towards Tim Tebow. But if you look at, you know, the, the track record overall of a football career, not only in college, not only in high school, but obviously in the pros as well, then, Bob Hayes, you know, I mean, Bob Hayes won a lot of stuff. So it's hard to kind of deny him that right. So to me, you know, when you talk about Mr. Football of Florida, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for who had the biggest influence on the game, well, you could argue Bob Hayes because, like you said, Brent, he had um, kind of the direct influence on the zone coverage. But a lot of people don't know that. Well, he's an NFL know. Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is, too. Like, yeah. Tebow doesn't have that no, but from I'm just, an NFL standpoint. But I'm just saying, I guess, from a popularity contest, which sometimes these things True. can be, then that's where Tim Tebow comes yeah, in. Yeah, and, and I think that's the beauty of this, right? It was kind of what we did with the baseball. It's like, hey, I understand. Listen, I've been around since 2008. If you ask me this question, question you know without knowing a little bit more now and learning more about jacksonville history mm-hmm. i would have probably said yeah tim tebow right Correct. uh but don't lose sight of the history of football especially uh in in this area uh from reigns to to reball to mm-hmm. duval county as a whole i think uh, you know somebody else that really jumps out at me here and it's it's now he's recently passed the late corky rogers i mean from it's not just bowls it's lee high school as well uh if you look at his story and how it represents Jacksonville and the mark he made on the sport of high school football, not only in Jacksonville, but in the state and is appreciated around the country for his coaching abilities at all different levels. If you talk to college coaches, what they feel about Corky Rogers and how he groomed the young men to, to then go on to their programs. I think if you talk about professional coaches, even a Doug Marone, what he would say about uh, Corky Rogers and they probably knew the name of Corky Rogers. There's a lot of respect. I think even when you reach the highest level for high school coaches, even though they might not get it in everyday conversation, I think in the fraternity in the circle there are some outstanding high school coaches that even the nfl guys would acknowledge and i think corky rogers was one of those guys the other one i would say as of late and don't sleep on because the legend could grow as we continue on here uh and i did this with baseball too with kind of like the daniel murphy's and even chris hayes's mm-hmm. say so if you ask this question again in 10 years could they be in the conversation well, okay. and i think the answer is yeah I think one of the most underrated and under-talked about and maybe underappreciated guys as we look maybe five, ten years down the road could enter this conversation. What else does Derrick Henry do? <laughs> I mean, what he did for Uli High School to stay at Uli High School. When you know people were drawn, say, hey, come here. Come play here. Come. He stayed at Uli. He put that town on the map, much to the way like a Bob Hayes put Jacksonville kind of sure. on the map. The only thing to me that hampers Derrick Henry is the position that he plays. Now, is Derrick Henry the best running back last year? Absolutely. Is he an absolute beast? Top five going on this year? Absolutely. But can he stay consistent? Can he make that Hall of Fame? Because you talk about Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, you know, five-time All-Pro selection, NFL Hall of Famer. I mean, for Derrick Henry to reach that, it's going to be some rare air. So... Not taking anything away from Derrick Henry, a fantastic football player, but to me, you still have to get the accolades. You still have to get the all pros. You have to get the Hall of Fame nod to be considered one of the best of all time in Jacksonville. And that's why I say it's unwritten. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you ask the question mm-hmm. in five to ten years, I think Dawkins is a very good answer here as well. Uh, you can go in so many different directions. And this area is so big. If you go down toward Palatka, would they say something different? Mm-hmm. In St. John's County, is it definitely uh, Tebow? 
Is it like that in Callahan? Up in Yulee, you know they're saying Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, on the north side, is it Bob Hayes? You betcha. But I think all across the board, it's probably Bob Hayes. I don't know how you argue against Bob Hayes in this conversation, although you could throw a lot of other names. Uh, jump on in if you want, 904-362-9901, or share with us uh, your comments on Mr. Football in Jacksonville on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. When we come back, more of the Minshew Mania Marathon, and I guess I wasn't always the biggest Minshew fan. That's what these guys are telling me. I'm just going to say we're going to play back some audio from the first time we talked about Gardner Minshew at the Senior Bowl. And you might not like what you hear if your name is Brent Martineau. We'll check that out when we come back. Oh, boy. It's on ESPN (laughs) 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 